Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Bandzoogle is built by musicians for musicians. It's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Uh, I would know I'm working on a, a site over at Bandzoogle as well right now, and it's really easy to make, and you can get everything uh, up and running pretty quickly from hosting a custom domain name. Uh, you got dozens of fully customizable design templates and tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, which we love to hear as musicians. Uh, there's commission-free crowdfunding, fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your audience, social media integration, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So if you want to support the show, and if you want to help yourself while you're at it, direct support podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com. You can try it free for 30 days and use the promo code direct support, all one word, to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code direct support. Bandzoogle. What's up, y'all? It's Peter Shrupp. I'm your host. This is Direct Support. Thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks for joining me. Hope you're doing well. Things are good on my end. A lot of a lot of writing, a lot of creative stuff going on. Um, Dizzy's out. I hope you've been listening to the song, and thanks for listening to last week's episode where we broke down the writing and creation of it a little bit, and we have a new music video coming out for it this Friday. Um, a lot of y'all contributed, so thanks for sending in some of that tour footage, f- footage, huh? Some of that tour footage, some of that show footage. And, uh, and thanks to Chris, uh, from the band for, for putting that whole thing together. Cause it's a nostalgic one. It's, it's, uh, crazy to watch. It just makes me miss shows so much. Um, I'm guessing we might have some new listeners, uh, today cause I got a really exciting guest this week. I got Joey Venucci. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Joe Van makes it easier. That's his new project. Uh, Joey's been making music in the quarantine and uh he's got a couple new singles and and uh a new record soon. Um but let me tell you why this is such a special episode for me cuz From Minion Lakes is a band that I loved a lot in high school when I first learned about them and and then um in turn it was a big band for the bonding and uh for for my band Arms Akimbo uh it was just big in in like each of us feeling like they were our little secret. And then when we met each other, we got to be like, yeah, cool. You guys love this band. I love this band. And uh, and all that stuff is really important when you're, um, I don't know, sharing musical uh, inspiration at that early stage where you're like, what the hell are we going to sound like? So, um you know, Joey's been a big, uh, inspiration and, and pretty entrenched in, in me, uh, as a musician, not to mention Kyle, uh, Plotkin, who helps me on the production end of this podcast, uh, when he first came on to help me out and, uh, make the playlist for the show, which you should check out and, uh, help with some of the booking. I was like, Hey, who would you like to have on the show? And his number one was Joey because he and I went and saw from Indian Lakes when he was, uh, you know, it was just a uh, a nice uh, friendship moment for us going and seeing them in San Diego. Anyway, that's that's the autobiographical part of it. The the other part of it that's really great is this has been a really cool episode in 
um, creation during quarantine and getting your mind off of it and doing other things artistically, like building a fucking house, which is what he's doing right now, which is awesome. Um, and he's just a, such a cool, laid back, mellow fella. And I appreciate that. All right. This has been the longest intro of all time. I am going to remind y'all to please share the show with somebody, follow it on Spotify, follow it on Apple music. Uh, do give us a five-star rating if you're on Apple or a review. That would mean a lot. Um, trying to get them numbers up so we can keep getting guests. Um, we got a lot of fun guests coming up soon, but, uh, but yeah, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Joe Van from Frominion Lakes. But before that, here's his song, Shuffle Around. Shuffle around the house again Making excuses, avoid your friends I was around on your front step Buzzing you late at night You made up a drink and you sat me down Everyone else has been out of town But the city's a cage when you're not around And it doesn't feel right I just don't want to be alone tonight I want to feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be But I don't, I don't Cover the windows and go to bed Stay in your clothes wearing all again I'm gripping the hand but you're leaving And I don't want to make you sigh That's better. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, I, w- I was outside, but um, somebody somewhere started running like a tractor or something like insanely loud right as I was about to call in. So sorry I'm late. It's all right. That's how it always is with these Zooms or, or honestly anything at this point. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I, have a, I might have some chaos and noise. I got roommates moving in and out. 
this whole weekend. So it's kind of crazy here as well. Oh yeah. Where, um, where's that? I'm in LA. Um, are you in New York? Uh, I'm not in New York right now. Um, I left several months ago. Um, and the timing was, we, I didn't really talk about it online because without context, the timing of it was like, I didn't want people to be upset as if we were being unsafe. So I was like, Oh, well, I probably just shouldn't even mention it because I don't want somebody who catches on like a few weeks later to get really mad in the comments or something. So we just have been cruising, but yeah. Um, I'm back in the Yosemite area where I'm from. So yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, there's so much tiptoeing you got to do. Cause it's like, I, you know, like you want to take care of everything and you're like, I'm totally. operating. Okay. You know, yeah. like, no, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I totally get where everybody's coming from and I agree with people about all that stuff. So yeah, that's why I was like, not wanting to, you know, you don't certain stuff. You don't want to have to go on like a huge rant and explain everything to someone instead it's easier to just say like you know i'd rather just there's no like i don't need to post photos every day or something you know what i mean i think that's a a better (laughs) philosophy than a lot of us (laughs) are living like you know everybody's definitely feeling some need to like i guess document their their lives away or like thinking that's more important than for, for instance like more important than like the music or whatever very often totally yeah i mean i get it I mean, it's important to, especially when you've got t-shirts to sell and stuff. I mean, like mm-hmm. some people don't get that that part of certain people's lives, but if you don't have to, then if it would serve you better to just chill, you know, like I'm surprised yeah. that some people get a lot of flack sometimes when they probably should have just hung out for a minute. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So hundred percent. I, I was like, uh, I was like doing my research Cause you're one of, I'm Peter, by the way, you're one of the only like pe- <laughs> people I've like interviewed that like, aren't, uh, my friends initially. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like starting to get to like the end of my rope of like, all right, now it's time to like start, you know, reaching out to other people. Totally. Um, so I'm glad like the, the promo timing worked out, but I was like, I should do my research. Cause, cause I like your music has so many spins, but I was like realizing I don't really like research people, I guess. You're right. Yeah, and I was looking, and I saw like the solo stuff you're gonna do, like your first debut show on the 18th, which was like, like stay at home day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we had the same thing. We had like a weird. I was like, I like played for like one of my bandmates solo things. Like I played a show, maybe like the week before, like seconds before it was like time to like you know go inside. Yeah, and it was like such a confusing situation. I don't know. Have you been doing anything to like? keep yourself occupied yeah um i mean i've been listening to a lot of podcasts but mostly because i am i have some property out here and i'm building a house so from the ground up uh myself so it's like that's crazy yeah so i mean i'm really grateful to obviously like there's a lot of people that everything that's going on right now is really difficult and i'm in a position that I can, you can't tour or anything, but being a mostly DIY musician for so long has made it so that in this kind of situation, now I'm able to, my bills are not, um, 
a huge problem because I touring isn't like my only source of income. So now I'm like, Oh, like what should I do? And for the next few months and it was like, I might as well try to build a home or something. So, um, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so sick. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely something that has been a lot of work, but is is like, feels feels like a cool investment you know my dad uh-huh. and my grandfather were finished carpenters so my dad is working on it with me and yeah it's really hard but it's cool <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely one of those manual things where you're like okay i can like occupy my ears while i do work all day right <laughs> oh yeah for sure you um i'm catching up on uh i was really busy in new york for the last like year and a half two years so i'm catching up on a ton of listening so yeah it's nice uh do you do you have like um a romantic relationship because like being like from like yosemite you're like pretty california and yeah. like being like in the like the new york city mm-hmm. like do you have like a romantic feeling towards either of them or both of them or yeah i mean i was in new york for five or six years so i mean i think that um you definitely i mean i've lived in a a bunch of different places over the years. And I am kind of a, um, like I wouldn't pick one or the other as far as like city living or mountain living. I just think that we all have, uh, you know, the universe throws at you what it will and you just kind of roll with it. And I think that it can inspire you if you let it or, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I have a very romantic relationship with all the places I've lived. Even, um, are you from California or do you just live here now? Yeah. I'm from, I'm from like San Diego area. Okay. Like, uh, like North County, San Diego. Okay. So I even lived in, um, do you know Chico? Yeah. So I, I even lived in Chico for almost a year. Did you go to the school there or did you just? No, no, there? no, <laughs> no. I had a, I had a studio with some friends there. Um, okay, sweet. And, uh, and even there, I have a really romantic relationship with it. And most people who are from California, they're not, it's not like the first place on their list, <laughs> but, um, yeah. just making one of my albums there. And when I think about that album and, and hear it, I think about riding my bike through Bidwell park down the rip, like along the river and every bar I went into was playing, uh, was playing um shoot what's what's the band i'm trying to think of there's this band that's really <laughs> popular now and i and chico at all the bars all give me the, clues it was like every bearded emo guy was like playing them while he was bartending <laughs> and he and they were all like oh what's up man like they were like Cause I'm kind of in that realm, you know, and they would be like, yeah. have you heard these guys? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, that sounds pretty good. And now they're really, really <laughs> popular. <laughs> Sorry. I do this it's, a lot. It's unfortunately not specific enough. It's I, like just on the border. <laughs> I, know. I do this really often. My friends and family get really tired of this. I do this where <laughs> my whole point, I can't remember. And like, I just wasted everybody's time. It's, um, they're on, uh, What's the label down? They're on kind of a more classically punk kind of label, but they're sort of alt. They they like crossed over into the alt pop like psych. I'm just, 
like play I'm just gonna have to trust world. you. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to trust you. Maybe it'll come back to us later. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny too because I can picture the cover they put out. It's like some guy like standing there, and it's all like weird looking like he looks like he's wearing like a hat or something <laughs> forget it <laughs> I'll, oh. I'll think of it oh turnover yeah that's yeah there you go <laughs> let it go for a second there it that's is so turnover. Funny. yeah yeah that's 100 percent. they like they're because i think they're top shelf band or maybe that's, see it's all there like it's a, like i was playing a run for cover band yeah a game where i couldn't say like the things that would actually yeah make it obvious yeah, but then yeah, you're 100 percent right though. They fully decided to like put some chorus on their on their guitars and like change the you know totally change which, their vibe, but be in the same which is great. Realm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like more power to them. I uh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I don't even know where. <laughs> where <I go laughs> That's right. That. that was one of my questions for you. Is like, have you been aware? So I guess I should just like my history with being a fan of yours is like a decade long now I'm realizing because I saw you oh nice like I saw you with like eight people at Soma San Diego it must have been your first San Diego show Soma is that the big place big black long room yeah not in love with not in love with that place (laughs) no me neither that was like the place that used to like swindle me in like like I was like a little teenager, like they would sell us 50 presale tickets and we would be in debt to them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a very <laughs> SoCal yeah. vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw you there and then like eventually at like the, the house of blues, um, like the next time around is like a very different, like a much better room, like their little house of blues side stage. Kind of. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a lot better comparatively for us down there. <laughs> yeah. I imagine for you, as in the audience it would be better that room is yeah is san diego is just really strange when it comes to music it's such a bad market for some reason i don't know why we just need in every city the people that put on shows need to have ever played a show (laughs) i think that's (laughs) because when they're like this is the stage and you're like what like (laughs) we can't fit on here yeah. And like, yeah, and there's huge barricades. And you're like, what? Oh yeah. We were really, yeah, we were really far back. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. were on a stage that like my my heels were touching the drum kit and yeah. the barricades are like ten feet away. It's so and odd. If you, and if you have any more than two bands on the bill, you're also like backlining drum kits all the way to the front of the stage. Yeah, it really makes no sense. So sorry, the <laughs> stuff that I remember about shows is obviously very like the negative stuff <laughs> well san diego's harsh though because it's also it's not, it is it, there's a lot it's like you you go on tour and you play all these cities and then if one city has two or three things that are really difficult it's hard to it's hard to shake you know what i mean because it's also yeah, I mean, like I, your van is getting broken into and yeah it's a it's a tough spot yeah, I mean, I'm from down there, and it's still been a moderately difficult place to play. Like, you would think that that counts for something, and, like, being in a band that's, like, based in L.A., I never got to even... I don't know, I just felt, like, two hours south, and it was all of a sudden a nightmare also. Yeah, I mean, the last time I was there, I, I really enjoyed... What's funny is it was a 21 and up show, and I would say, like, 40% of Romania Lakes are younger, so the turnout was noticeably smaller, but it was my favorite show just because 
you know, I had said, but when booking the tour, I had told the booking agent, I was like, I'll play anywhere else besides those, like, you know, the, this, this, and this place, you know, just put me at yeah. like a place, put me at some bar, you know? Yeah. And they were like, okay, well, they're only going to pay you like half as much. And I was just like, I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> I just want to enjoy it, you know? And then you can look yeah. back and say like, whether it was worth it, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and then eventually, you know, I, I live up here now, so I saw you play the echo and that was a good show. And that's one of my favorite rooms. And, and then like, yeah, uh, I love that. And then I didn't get to see you on this. I think I was gone for the Copeland tour, but you were out with some of my friends who were playing in many rooms, uh, Jordy and Cedric who were playing in that band. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Those are uh, nice guys. Yeah. But like, uh, I went on this tangent because I wanted to say, I noticed that like all of my circle, all the people like in SoCal who are like also, you know, like long time from Indian Lakes fans, it felt to me like a lot of my peers uh, were showing up to the same shows and it was something like reflexive. Like, were you guys aware? Were you, have you always been like aware of your audience? You say like they're, they're like, they skew younger, but it always felt like I was like, oh, this is like a band that bands are fans of, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. I mean. For sure. I, I think that there's so many reasons why like even just in a very analytical way, there's reasons mm -hmm. why people who like from any lakes are from like certain subsets of the music community. It's like mm -hmm. bands have always really liked the music which is awesome and very flattering uh, because I don't really see that the only reason why being a band's band is a problem is that it's like a guarantee that you're never going to be famous <laughs> based on, <laughs> based on the history of the music industry, which is totally fine. I came to terms with that like a long yeah. time ago. It was like, you could see all of your favorite bands growing up that were in that vein and you're like, Oh, and they really didn't, become like super popular but um it's like them and then um a lot of like young women <laughs> so who are like yeah. sensitive and like really progressive and cool so it's like okay that's two cool groups you know mm -hmm. and then yeah yeah so so i i definitely became aware of that stuff um the more diy you do things for how, however long like the more aware you are of just like all of those details you know yeah of course because it's kind of you the one interacting and engaging and like doing all the you know i guess like there's yeah there's like less middleman relationship stuff you know you don't have somebody like from a label telling you your analytics or whatever no totally i mean it's like you're it's just so straightforward it's like me and my merch guy get in the van and we're like wow everybody at the table tonight was like 20 year old girls who work at urban outfitter. And then like the next night you're like, everybody that came up tonight just wanted to talk about my pedal board. They were all dudes from random band. You're like, so I think it depends on the city. depends on who you're on tour with. I think, I mean, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's all, it's all cool. <laughs> I'd be nervous that half your audience are people who like emailed trying to open the show. <laughs> 
uh, for real. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely felt that way at different, it depends on, it also depends on what kind of album you just put out. You know, it's like, yeah. um, there's just so many variants that get you who's coming to your shows at that time. And that's why it's also funny when certain people do in these like absolutes about your music because over time it's just it all changes depending on what's going on so it's like you know i don't know it could be different for some people who kind of stick to a similar sound every album but right <laughs> that was my dog sorry that's all right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that was really loud for you but it was it was it was shocking <laughs> she uh she um gets scared really easily so What's her name? Her name is Bess. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, you definitely are somebody who like, you've evolved a ton each record. And I, and I think that, you know, there's like this progression and, and I felt like there was like a big change and everything feels better now, but I really felt like that, like, like matured super. I love dimly lit. It's, it's like got so many good tracks and, and, uh, what was kind of the, like the process of you like choosing to do all those features with like female singers and stuff? I'm sure like that was like probably what you answered for like the entire press of that record, but it's, it's just a cool choice. Oh, that's okay. Um, I, well, I think the, the first thing I felt that pointed me in that direction was that I just was, I, the way that a lot of the songs sounded in my head were so much better than what they sounded like in my recording sessions and I was mm-hmm. changing them and trying to figure out what it was. And I started to think that maybe I was just sort of sick of my own voice. And so I sent one song to someone to, and it sounded so good that I was like, I mean, it was, it sounded, it hit that spot that it hit in my head. So I thought, Oh, so I should keep doing this. And so I started hitting up all these different friends and then, um, it just kind of unlocked something that was so much better than what I could do as far as like, um, you know, the vocals are kind of the most important, of, most important part of any song, but not just in like a really obvious way. It's like when some people say, think that, Oh, you just like, you had a friend like play bass on this song. It's like, it's totally <laughs> different than actually having someone be willing to put their soul onto a track for you, you know? So, and I think, I don't know. It just, they just turned out so much better than me singing them. So yeah, I don't know. It just, every album kind of changes the whole way I think about recording music. So. Right. Which one was the record that you did up in Chico? Um, that was everything feels better now. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just thinking uh-huh. about it. Yeah. It's weird to think about that stuff. Yeah. I know. It definitely probably like it puts you on a path. Even like like I would imagine cuz like you've always been like the nucleus of Forminion Lakes, right? Like I know Justin, I've like hung out with him at FYF. Like I know that you've had like nice. you know some like recurring <laughs> cast members of your band. Uh but like you've always kind of been the nucleus of it and we're I'm curious, like any of like the early records, because a lot of them are like, you know, like a lot of syncopated hits and like some time signature changes. Was that stuff you guys tracked as a group? No. You, you've you always kind of tracked it all? 
Yeah, I mean, um, Justin tracked some stuff, and um, Justin's like, that's one of my best friends mm-hmm. since we were kids, and same with a couple of the other guys. And um, that was kind of one of those things where around that time, there wasn't really any music that sounded that way that was being pushed as like one person that people were accepting. And also we were working with a label who straight up just told me that a band look is always better, which, you know, you learn a lot over the years. And that was one of those things where you're just like, what a dumb thing for me to just be like, Oh, okay. You know? And, and at that time too, when you're coming up, as you know, um, you're playing so many shows and, and when you start to tour full time that you're with these people so often that whenever anybody wants to take a photo of the band or whatever, you know, um, I don't have the kind of personality to be like, Oh, you know, everybody like get out of here. Like I got it. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, okay, cool. Like let's all take a photo. And so it kind of, um, it kind of just, like I said, you learn a lot and I probably should have been a little more, um, you know, took more control with the imagery and that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, those guys have been my homies for forever and like they were, they weren't even really at the studio at times, you know, when I'd be working on new music. So it just kind of became one of those things where naturally that became less of a thing. So right yeah the the earlier stuff i mean i don't know it was just when you're playing in basements and punk venues i mean it's the what you do live is way more important than yeah the, the i mean not to say that the stuff is bad or anything but it's just it's the songs and the recordings are constructed in a way that are going to be more impactful in a punk venue you know so yeah like it's just for any young person is when i talk to them about that kind of stuff it's foolish to deny that that's not like part of the vibe you know what i mean like of course that's just how it goes you know yeah i think um yeah you're like trying to like match that energy and i think still like you can hear it in an artist and you can hear it like record by record like that's why i feel like maybe starting at absent sounds, but more at everything feels better now. It's like, Oh, this feels like, you know, it's like recording project initially, you know, whereas like some of the earlier stuff would be more like, let's sound like a band kind of thing. Yeah. And you can hear that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's more about the energy. It's more about, you know, and I look back really fondly on all that stuff because we were touring all these basements and DIY venues and all that stuff. And it was just like, the progression was natural as far as moving into bigger venues and theaters and opening for bigger acts and the sound kind of evolving into being more like about the sound uh, with the energy being like completely out of the picture. You know, it's not, it's like, right. Okay. um, If you're not trying to get a crowd like moving around and, thinking that you're really awesome when you're like jumping around on stage. Like if it's just about the song, you know what I mean? I think that's just kind of the direction that that stuff moves in. So I think that's a pretty mature way of looking at it that I don't think I've gotten to or even thought about, to be honest with you. Oh, really? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause, cause, 
we're we're you know at our stage we're always a band who's like oh yeah we have to like you know uh unless it's a headliner like we got to be like getting people's attention and keeping it for like how whatever 35 minute slot we get yeah i mean it's true and and honestly like it's not it's not a trick or anything i mean it's it's people just don't understand like truly when you're opening for other bands in these small venues or even a bigger venue you just you can't expect them to hear you know the the sound people are completely in control of what you sound like you you it could sound like shit and you're just like well we need to look and the energy everything about it needs to be beyond if we sound good or not you know what i mean yeah you need yeah. people to say wow that show was so awesome and i think like i'm eager to find out if they sound good <laughs> when i go listen yeah. to that i mean because I mean, the show yeah. was great you know and it's like that flips you know like so yeah. you're touching on a little bit this is something i guess maybe i'm just seeking advice personally for this sort of thing because like that's cool yeah my we get lumped into this uh I just remember like the first couple like reviews or whatever, like press we would get, we would get lumped into like a pop punk realm. And we've always been like, we're an indie band. We're trying to like break out of that. And, and I, you know, like with somebody who's like progressed from some of that, I don't know, being affiliated with like pop punk or emo or whatever those labels are. We like raged against it for so long and like are on like, you know, an agency that's like primarily those kind of artists. Like, was there a point where you're like, I'm going to surrender to this or I'm going to like stop worrying about it and just write the songs that I write or like, do you know, do you ever think about like those, I don't know, outside uh, opinions of like those kind of labels. Yeah. I mean, I, it's impossible to ignore <laughs> that stuff. I mean, yeah. It, again, anyone who acts like they can ignore all that noise, it's like they usually have are afforded that privilege by being successful enough to not have to care about that stuff. So, right. I mean, again, being super DIY in a lot of ways for so long, um, you, you notice that stuff, but you know, as soon as you let that stuff go and it's such a cliche to say it in this way at this point, cause I think it's been said by so many, but as soon as you let that stuff go, you really, it's, it's very freeing when you just start writing, when you just, you know, at a certain point, I think with everything feels better now, it was the first time I truly felt like I was just it was like, just do whatever you want. Yeah. And doing it was the scariest thing I've ever done. And I, I even remember like being kind of annoyed with some producer friends that were like, Whoa, like, this is so different. Like people are going to be really upset. And I was like, why would you say that to me? (laughs) (laughs) Like the album's about to come out. Oh my God. But, um, but then, you know, critically like had did really well you know like pitchfork and npr and all these people suddenly were paying attention and saying nice things and it was like a very like that obviously that's not how it's gonna work for everybody where it's just such a like tangible uh thing but it was very um you know it was like the universe was like just do your thing you know like and you know, a lot of people, it did alienate a lot of listeners. Um, and there were some people that wanted that more energetic sound. Um, 
But honestly, as soon as those people were kind of weeded out, like everything became so much easier anyways. Like, you know, people who think that way are so negative in person or online that you lost a ton of them. And then you said, okay, well in a year or two, I'll just make up for it, you know, and like keep at it and just keep going. And then suddenly like time goes by and you forgot that those people even were a thing, you know? So. Yeah. I keep hearing that, that like, there's a bit of a shedding process. Like once you shed, you know, whatever, like, I don't know if you, if you let that go shed some of those people that like you were like trying so hard to hold on to, but like satisfy for sure. I don't know. Once that, that's just like very, I think reaffirming. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously easier for someone who signs to some major label and then gains like mm-hmm. millions of fans, you know? So if you're someone sure. <laughs> who's trying to make art progressive, you know, music and you know that it's kind of inch by inch, it's a little more, it takes a little more patience and discipline, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's strange to look back and think about the stuff I was caring about, you know, six or seven years ago to now where it's like, you just forget it even exists, you know? Also, um, I would encourage anybody on any social media platform to get really into blocking people. (laughs) That's, that's been like the greatest thing in the world to realize that your spaces where you're putting music out are your, you're creating and no one has a right to like bring any negativity there. So if somebody says like, Oh, I wish you guys sounded more, this way, like this stuff sucks. You can just block them and it feels so great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's that vocal minority, right? Let's get, let's just get them out of there. I'm not very used to that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it's not like, Oh, there, you just don't like anybody else's opinion. It's like, once you realize that no one is allowed to bring any negative energy into what you've decided is a positive space only. It's like, you just start going crazy. You're just blocking everybody. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm down. All right. That's a good, I'm going to take that one and run with it. <laughs> I'm really curious about the Joe Van stuff. Cause I really like the new singles, Thanks. but being the center of the Ferminian Lakes stuff and recording all that, you know, what differentiates these two projects? Are you thinking about that when you're writing it? Are you thinking about it at the end of it? You're like, this is better for this. Well, um, I made an album like right as, um, the COVID stuff was starting up in a, in a, mm-hmm. the span of a couple of weeks I wrote and recorded an album, okay. which you can do when it's only like a couple instruments and, you know, like one or two vocal takes. And, you know, so, and the point was to try to keep it really bare and, and sparse and simple. And if it, and if it wasn't good to me with that simplicity, then it either just wasn't a good enough song or, needed to be rewritten or whatever so i made an album of songs like that that were very intentional so i I didn't think that they might be from any like songs or anything so yeah and i mean and i i mixed it and did everything myself so um which was kind of a challenge but i tried to mix in master or not in master i tried to mix the um last from any likes album and I couldn't do it. So yeah, (laughs) this was, it's easier when there's like four tracks. So, right. Well, I mean, those are some of my favorite kinds of songs. And I think your love, like it really reminds me of like Swansea by Bombay bicycle club. You know, that one off flaws at the end. Uh, yeah. It's the last track. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's the last track. Um, nice. That's cool. I didn't think about that. Well, because it's like that like acoustic and vocal the whole time until like some electronic stuff kind of flutters in and unfolds at the end. And I feel like your love kind of does the same thing. Yeah, I need to re- it's been a long time. But I mean, that's high praise. I, that's the the uh, the songwriter in that band. I mean, he's like just, which is weird because I, I just read this article uh, yesterday and they added them to this list of like landfill indie bands from the UK. And I just was like, who wrote this? This is insane. What does that even mean? It means they were implying that these were all like posers who just jumped on a bandwagon following the success of like other male fronted UK indie rock. And I just think so. You just can't have listened to any of their albums to think that, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't think so. That, that that makes no sense. That That's definitely like, I don't know, undereducating yourself or like trying them once or twice and not getting it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, implying that them and the kooks are like... <laughs> on the same echelon? <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand that, you know, but that's how it goes. But um, yeah, I love that band. Too. Yeah. And I think just like some of that, like, uh, that understated stuff where it's like, um, like for instance, like I really like to, to write and to listen to songs that are like pretty simple. And by the, like, there's no like, you know, standard, like bridge chorus to end things. They kind of just outro their way out, you know, like that's just, I think like the way songs build and outro out is like, you know, a staple of indie rock, but like my, probably my favorite type of song structure. And it does that as well. Yeah. And I mean, that song, I just, that song, I just couldn't write like the, the one, um, producer friend that I showed it to, he was like, you need to write a chorus. It sounds like the chorus is a pre-chorus and I agreed with him, but sometimes like, sometimes I can hear a song I'm listening to from an indie artist and it sounds like, like something sounds forced and if they had just not done anything on a certain part or something it would have just been better to me and this that song is an example of i couldn't write a chorus that worked there and then now when i listen to it i don't think that it needs a chorus you know but yeah when i was writing it i really thought that i was writing like half a song so yeah. But in context, I think that that's kind of needed sometimes to just like make something short and sweet and it doesn't have to have some like giant hooky chorus. I don't know. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, that's like, that feels like kind of a pitfall sometimes when you're like somebody, you can, you can hear, like you can hear in the song, like the cogs moving to like good to like a triumphant like five right. chord or something and you're like i just lost the feeling that the verse gave me or whatever yeah it's instead i think a song like your love now when i hear it i think oh i think a, a lot of people probably thought it was going to do something and i did it and that's probably better that definitely fits with my personality is to not do what someone thought i was supposed to do with a song you know it's right like, um, and i think when it comes to the topic of writing a chorus because you're supposed to i think of like bands like um i know everybody's always been really really into um earlier like coldplay albums Mm -hmm. and i remember like really trying to get into a lot of their stuff and 
by the time by the time I got to the second chorus, every song would be like verse, pre-chorus, chorus. And then by the time it did that all the way through a second time, I'd be like, I I would skip to the next track. And then, you know, the earlier stuff, it's like every song on every album is like verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, repeat chorus. You know, it's like triumphant ending. Yeah. yeah, it's like I just can't take it, you know, like <laughs> some of the best writing of all time and I can't handle listening to it so like repeated so often you know what i mean so mm-hmm. that's just my personality have you ever gotten looped into some of that like songwriter world like have you like ever made the effort or like from a label been like put in the position to be writing you know kind of like indie pop songs yeah i mean i think i'm i think because of this way i think i think understanding it in that way means that you're also able to like um you know, what I like and what I understand is like a totally different thing, you know? So I have been in those positions. Yeah. You can subvert it. Yeah. And I, I've helped, um, different artists. I think that it's something I'm good at and stuff capable of doing anything that I feel is like selling myself out in like a weird way. Cause I'm what I'm doing, you know? So yeah, it almost feels like two completely different skill sets. It feels like writing, you know, music for yourself and writing music like with the intention of like, you know, a standard like catchy song. They almost feel like two completely different skills to me. Yeah, I think maybe it just depends on your personality. Like me, I'm always trying to do something different than I did before. Sure. So, and that's not what somebody comes to you asking for. You know, they're not asking for you to like reinvent their song they're just you know so it's putting the math and the science together is one thing but then pushing yourself to do something that you haven't done before it's like it's a whole new you know you have to tap into something you have to do something different to lead up to that point so yeah definitely how compulsively do you write are you like somebody who is just kind of writing constantly and like needs to, or, or can you like give yourself breaks? Depends. Touring used to be the break that was like built in. Um, and I say used to meaning like not that long ago, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, like last November. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the universe I just don't, I just don't believe in forcing anything with anything in in life. So, and especially, I guess, when it comes to writing and recording music. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm someone that I'm down to block out time and then sit down and, and say, okay, open up a session and record something, even if, even if it's not good, you know, um, or just being spontaneous. I mean, um, so yeah, I do think it's important to get distracted for a while. And I think it helps you, um, come back with a fresh approach. So yeah, that's good to hear. Maybe that was the answer to your question. No, 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 no. (laughs) I I like the, the, the roundabout work for me. Cause it's like, I think I, I feel, I feel the same way, but I'm not, I don't know. I just know a lot of writers and like one of my bandmates is like, if they don't write, they like lose their mind. Like they get stressed, you know, and I, f- I can definitely sit yeah. for a while, you know? Yeah. Maybe I used to be that way. 
I don't, I don't know. I think um, it just depends. I mean, I used to have a, a label saying, you know, okay, you put out an album and you toured, you better start, you should probably start working on the next one. <laughs> you know? So that's pretty contentious, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I didn't love that feeling. <laughs> um, so, but I did it. So I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe I, in, part of me also kind of enjoyed the challenge. I don't, I don't know. So it just depends. Yeah. The other thing about writing too is like, I think I, at least subliminally on some, on some level, like took some of the chord shapes. I feel like there's a lot of open C in different parts of the neck that I've like pulled from, from your style of playing. Probably. Do do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, I have no, uh, I have no shame when it comes to like, if I have a song, like that song is going to be a song. And if it, if there's some kind of guitar faux pas that have has to take place, I have absolutely no problem with that. Cause it's like, I, I don't consider myself like a great musician. So, I mean, I, I know that there's levels, but yeah, I think I'm just kind of, I'm, I've always been like a get whatever gets it done kind of person. So yeah. Yeah. My guitar playing is, is very whatever. <laughs> Out of curiosity, can you hear my roommate screaming right now? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I apologize. <laughs> That's totally they're fine. Not, yeah. They're doing they're doing their thing. We're, we're, we got some good energy in here just with the move. <laughs> yeah. I just assume yeah. everybody in LA has roommates that are singing or yelling. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. That's exactly true. <laughs> I have like two of my band members moving out, my drummer moving in. I'm going one room over. It's it's chaos in here right now. <laughs> nice. I I think I also kind of feel that way because um, there's this guy from this one band and he's, I was looking at apartments and he said he didn't want me set through another fr- friend from another band. He said this one guy lives next to that apartment and he told me that he hopes you don't move in because he doesn't want you to hear what he sings in the other room. Like he thought I was like, some like snobby asshole so i was like (laughs) that sucks that's sad but yeah i think one of the we'll show we'll show each other demos around here and uh and i can always tell like my bandmate chris will show us a song and i can hear he's like whispering into the mic and i'm like you wrote this at 1 a.m didn't you (laughs) like we were all asleep and you're trying to record and not wake us up oh yeah that's for (laughs) that's a very real thing yeah just just the the hushed the hushed demo yeah <laughs> so what so you you wrote and recorded this whole joe van record mm-hmm. and you're working on a new from Indian lakes record right now or is it oh no uh the album was was the joe van album that's what i oh it was. that's what i mean okay yeah. cool. i don't know what mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, I i put out so many from Indian lakes songs this last album that yeah i feel like it'll be a minute before i I'm inspired to fiddle with a ton of instruments and stuff. It also is kind of hard right now. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And, um, my studio isn't really set up, um, because of the house building, but I am really enjoying writing and recording in like back to basics kind of way, especially being back out here and just kind of like getting back in touch with 
my roots a little bit, but this time it's, yeah. you know, it's not like I can't wait to get away or something. It's like I choose to be here. So it kind of hits different. Right. Definitely. I know that when I like pick up a guitar, start singing a song, like I have like comfort in certain lyrics. Do you have any of like your go-to to get going? I have these lyrics that I, that I dip into or melodies. Do you ever, do you ever like catch that in yourself and do they make it to the record? I, I probably at this point, I think I catch it and say, I got to stop repeating that kind of pattern because um i remember a long time ago when Uh an album came out and there was a comment at some point about some lyrics that i had repeated like a ton not like not like a full line but just like certain keywords that i had said a bunch and ever and that kind of thing like you're like never the same after somebody points something like that out. Right. <laughs> so I was just like, shit. I, uh, I, I have the same, you know, so now, even if it's like the only way to work is if those words are used, I can't, I like almost am incapable of doing it. I have the same problem, but mine is like, I try to kill it at voice memo stage on my phone or whatever, <laughs> you know, I try to, but I don't think it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah smart yeah that's that's smart i that was a long time ago though i think by now i'm like yeah kind of more i don't know i've just written so many songs it's like yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'm back to repeating myself (laughs) uh i mean i gotta take a look at my notes make sure i asked all the things i wanted to ask oh yeah i think my bassist knows uh, forest do you know forest from orange county yeah yeah that's one of my that's one of my best friends yeah he's he's a good dude uh he uh yeah he's he's uh i don't know it's just funny i I hear him talked about by any musician i know from orange county i feel like everybody gets their hair cut by that dude (laughs) yeah i mean he does know everybody i mean he's been he's been that dude in that area for he's he was playing in band since he was a young teenager and he's a few years older than i am and by the time we were coming up and playing shows in that area, he was cutting the dudes from Thrice's hair and they were at our shows and, and like, uh, young, the giant and like just a lot of SoCal, um, that scene of alternative rock, you know, he's, and he was in a band too on a major label, actually. Um, he's just in that world. He's a good dude. And he's not even the only forest that I'm close friends with, which is wild. That's fine. So that's why I had to pause and what you finished describing. You're like, which one? Right. The, the forest. Yeah. Cause there's another one that I'm close friends with who lives in the area. So, okay. Well I got like my lightning round of questions. It doesn't need to be fast. It's just the questions I ask everybody. Cool. <laughs> All right. Can you think of the best show you ever played? You know, this last tour, Brooklyn, um, sold out uh at rough trade on my birthday oh that's great yeah and i was really i was surprised they you know when the set was ending they when i turned around they had flowers and a birthday cake lit and everybody in the venue saying happy birthday to me and that was that was really cool it just felt like special yeah and to be not at the time it was like being not on a label and and just being like just some dude and is like, all right, if you want to see 
let's play like it's where we'll be you know and just to have a place like that and that energy and everything and just be like whoa so you can just do this you know yeah it was a very awesome feeling so i feel like that's like a pretty new phenomenon like i know obviously there's a big difference between being like unsigned pre-label and then un and then signed but like have you felt a big difference in like i don't know whether it would be like following or like just writing and like making music like you know signed and then post signage i mean it just depends on what people artists just have to decide what they want do they want to gain um more exposure while giving up a lot of control um and money <laughs> like all the money uh <laughs> or do they want to slowly kind of um build something and and if you have enough patience and discipline you know you might actually be able to pay the bills at some point you know so it's it's just a different set of um you know i have peers that are so much more popular than i am but like every dude in the band has to have like two jobs you know it's just like a totally different different thing you know but i mean it probably feels nice to play to like 800 people instead of like 400 people you know it's like just depends on what you're into yeah i think there's definitely like this weird misconception especially like unsigned bands young bands of like oh yeah well the goal is to get on a label you know and i think that maybe the tides are changing a little bit or like there's been enough cautionary tales for everybody to understand that there's a difference but i don't know i guess there's still going to be that like weird that thing you do mentality or whatever you know yeah i think it just depends depends on the label depends on everything you know so i mean and i love the label and the people that i worked with um but you just come out of the other side understanding what you want you know hopefully so yeah um all right cool well this one i ask not because I'm trying to get dirt, but because I want anybody <laughs> listening, making music, uh, uh, to like feel, to understand that we've all been through super shitty shows. So can you think of like a shitty show opportunity or, uh, experience? Well, it's hard not to think about San Diego since we were just talking about it. I was going to say, was it the first one I mentioned? <laughs> no, <already? laughs> no, that honestly, um, what was that place called? Uh, Soma or House of Blues? Yeah. No, no, Soma. That, that like, even that. That being not has nothing to do with whether I enjoyed playing it or not. So right. that I remember thinking that it was really cool that it was like an old, like the merch was set up in the old concessions movie, movie theaters. So, and yeah. that was like cool enough for me to be like, cool, like cool show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah. the bar was pretty low. Um, you know, I think what was weird is this last tour we were having such a good time. The whole tour was so amazing. Every show, like we couldn't believe how well everything was going. And then we got to the end of it and we got to California. And when we got to Santa Ana, which is a place that kind of felt like one of our homes. Yeah. Like, and the venue um, that we had played always and always sold out. It was just like one of those things where 
we were looking forward to it. Was it observatory or constellation room or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they recently changed owners and the whole day was like very strange. <laughs> it was just like, you couldn't get out and in and you couldn't bring family or friends in and out very easily. And it was just like, and it's not near anything. So it was like a fortress that you were like locked in. I've had to like drive 15 minutes to get like, like Hawaiian food there or whatever, like whatever I could find. <laughs> yeah. But we like couldn't leave because there was a solid chance that we would, might not be able to get back in. Cause they were having some weird problem with the security. And then, um, and then the crowd was kind of, I have, a, I have a lot of stage, right? I always have. I don't really speak on stage at all. I've gotten a little bit better where I kind of pick my spots. Um, and the crowd was really tough on me. They were like very loud um, in between songs, yelling like what's on the ear. And like, it was, it was, a I don't know. It was just a lot for me to handle. It was like, I couldn't concentrate. I was kind of forgetting myself. It was a really tough show. I think the, yeah, I think the lesson in there is that like, it doesn't really matter what stage you're at. You can still have crappy shows. I think that's something I've learned. Like you kind of think that that stuff is going to go away and it doesn't for some reason. And like they kind of sneak up on you late, you know? Yeah. I think that crowd thought but <laughs> they're actually like killing me. So it sucks because you, you, you don't want to be an asshole, but you just want to be like, Hey everybody, like not, not everybody reacts great to that kind of behavior. So. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, cause I've seen you a bunch of times, but I think that I'm realizing now the, the time I saw you speak the most on stage might've been when you guys did that acoustic tour, I saw you in San Francisco. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, and I think I remember noting, I was like, this might be the most talking there's been between tracks just cause like, that's kind of the right setting for it. But there was a ton, there was a ton of chatter at the bar. Like I was pissed off there too. Cause it's like, I don't know, like people coming to an acoustic show and then getting like hammered and, and like chatting the whole time. Yeah. It's so frustrating. No, I mean, um, and that was at uh, bottom of the hill, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I love San Francisco. I lived in the Bay for a while and I love that venue and I loved that tour and I probably spoke more because probably felt like I was more comfortable and also like I had to. Um, cause normally on stage I'd be just, I, I could just play guitar through it <laughs> <laughs> through the quiet moments, you know? So, right. Yeah. And people are like, wow. Sorry. I lost that. People were like, wow. What? That's it. They just say, wow. Like, they're yeah. <laughs> they're hypnotized. You just swing your hair a little bit. Yeah. Uh yeah, I know, right? Yeah. That's that's how you do it. And just have yeah. have the drums going. Um okay, can you ch- just tell me uh like a couple of uh like bi- biggest lessons you've learned about these topics, okay? So, biggest lesson you've learned about writing. Um well, everybody's different, but for me, I've learned that you know, start each song different than the last one what different instrument music first lyrics first different place like you know if if you want it to be different it's gotta you have to you have to personally be different right change change your environment yeah that's good um what about biggest lesson about touring that's tough 
<laughs> so many. <laughs> um, biggest lesson about touring. Uh, if you can, you know, let's see. I want to give advice for people that are like coming up. So it's hard. So. Yeah. My most frequent, my most frequent, I think advice on this has been don't get too fucked up every night, but like, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh no, I'm fully endorsed getting as fucked up as you want. Every night. Especially when you have stage fright for me, it's like trying to play at, at some point when it was like, okay, you know, play sober so that you don't, you know, I, I didn't want to, I had to like figure out whether I was like, um, dependent or not. And it was like, wow, I hate <laughs> playing sober yeah. with, I just, my stage fright, I just like could not handle it. I just was noticeably worse on stage when I was able to focus on people and everything going on. But, um, I mean, touring, I'd say, um, I'd say just don't be afraid to say no. Um, young artists, including myself, I, I just said yes to everything. A lot of the time, I started saying no. Uh, you gain a lot of power, and you also don't play shows or do tours that you halfway through wish that you were not on that tour or playing that show. I think that's pretty important. I think there's a well. I guess just it's such a culture of like this is your only shot. So you have to take this opportunity. And I think that if you change your mentality, maybe things that you actually fucking want might come to you. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I said no to touring with Copeland a few years ago and their agent and my agent and everybody was like, not happy about it. Um, and then, you know, like it came back around a few years later. It was like, it just wasn't the right, it didn't feel like the right tour at the time. And then it, and then the other band that they were taking out, I liked a lot and like the vibe was cool. So it was like, there you go. Mm -hmm. That's big. Um, was there a big lesson that you learned from touring with them or any other like big acts that you've opened for? Um, I think the most lessons I've learned was from touring with, uh, the RX bandits. Mm hmm nice those are like i love those guys so much um we're still good friends i talk to them all the time and they taught me um they just taught me to give um you know a lot less fucks about a ton of stuff that was so freeing and then um and when uh we were in germany with uh circus revive and Mm -hmm. uh, the singer of RX, I was telling it, I was like whining about doing interviews cause I was doing a bunch of interviews and I just <laughs> realized like it was so dumb and he just kind of, you know, like you're, you're sort of in control of your own story. And so if somebody asks you a dumb question, just answer it in any way that you like, because you know, you're in control, you know? And that was like, it never occurred to me at the time. The other things, Matt from RX, they're awesome. Yeah, I, I also, yeah, I think that's, there's just a weird thing once you start, like, doing any sort of junket or doing a bunch of interviews, you're like, holy shit, how many times am I going get, to gonna get asked, uh, where does our band name come from? You know, like... For real. <laughs> and I like to hope that I can have these conversations with people. Yeah, like, what's your name? Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of want to, you know, I hope that I can have these conversations with people and, like, ask questions that are actually, like, 
not the same fucking, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, who, who, who are your influences? And then you start like running down the same list of influences you've been saying for like five years and you realize like, I don't even listen to these bands anymore. Yeah. And also you find yourself trying to mix it up even, even if you're like not saying exactly the right stuff anymore, but you just are so tired of saying the same thing over and over. So then you're like, why am I even doing this? Yeah, it's true. Uh, what about biggest lesson in producing? Like in producing other people's work or in I think I think your own stuff. Uh I would say just to like me, I try to learn something. Well, now I've been outside working a lot on the property, but um for the last like from like a little bit before everything feels better now up to a certain point, I had said that I was going to study and learn something like every single day. So when it came to producing and engineering and all that, and I would just watch, you know, even if it's like one YouTube tutorial or on, I don't know, some like EQing or whatever, you know? So, um, yeah, I'd say just trying to set aside some time. And even when you feel like you've got a handle on things, like guys who've been producing for 40 years still don't have a handle on things. So if you want to like get a jump start, just try to learn something new every single day and you'll, you'll get ahead. Yeah. I also think that's just kind of reorienting your whole mentality to like, uh, I don't know, appreciate being a student, I guess, you know? Yeah. Not thinking you're above it. Exactly. Humility is, um, definitely the it feels like the gateway to uh knowledge a lot of times well i uh i really appreciate you know you've always seemed like a very humble and like very real artist and somebody that i i've looked up to for a long time so i just appreciate you doing this thanks <laughs> yeah good man. to hear it's, it's working yeah, yeah. No, i'm just kidding <laughs> um no, good <laughs> you're like I, I tricked you um well, those are all my questions, man. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for the chat. Yeah. Awesome. All right, thanks for chatting. Yeah, Joe. thanks a lot, man. Have a great day. You too. Bye. And now, Here's Your Love by Joe Van. Yeah, I-